Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming to church today. I'm excited to share a few thoughts with you today. I just want to uh, invite everyone that's here. If you love this place and um, you want to dive into what's happening around here, uh, we have a meeting this Thursday night called Heart for the House. Heart for the House is a meeting that we have um, once a quarter, and it just gives us an opportunity to pull the core of our church together, to cast vision, to get everybody on the same page. And we've got seven weeks left uh, for this year, and I believe they can be seven incredible weeks uh, of us doing great work for the kingdom of God, reaching people, uh, just busting through barriers and having a fantastic opportunity that's in front of us. Christmas is right around the corner. And uh, so I just want to encourage you, invite you to, to come on out Thursday night. Uh, I know sometimes some of us just automatically disqualify ourselves for that meeting for whatever list of reasons we have. But I'm asking you for this one time in particular, would you just go ahead and put it in your schedule and come on out, 7 o'clock, we'll be done by 11 o'clock, I promise. <laughs> Well, we'll be done early, and uh, just uh, come out and let's let's get together. Let's let me cast some vision for you. Uh, let's pray together. Let's believe God for some incredible things for the rest of this year. Ready? Awesome. All right, I'm excited to uh, share some thoughts on uh, something that I feel like God has given me uh, some revelation on. And I'm also able, I think, to share some thoughts uh, that I feel like I've learned out of the Bible on money matters. Um, and so 44 years I've been a Christian, and by the grace of God for most of those 44 years, really almost all of them, uh, I have bought these values and I've lived them out, and they have made such an enormous difference in Suzette in my life and my kids' life and uh, everybody that's around me. And I just, I really believe there are some powerful concepts that can help us win when it comes to our finances and the way that we handle our money. I believe God has very specific direction about how we would handle our finances and handle our money. So I love to talk about this. I know some pastors get a little squeamish and, and kind of get on the back on their heels when they talk about this. But I literally believe that God wants to bless your life in an incredible way. And he wants to flow blessing through you. So it's really one of the values of our church is to equip and empower people to succeed in life. And, and I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that God wants you to win on planet Earth, and we want to be a part of helping that happen. We want to help you win as well. Uh, God is not just interested in getting us to heaven, and that's going to be a beautiful thing, but he literally is interested in getting heaven to us. So, so bringing heaven into our world, uh, of course it impacts us spiritually and impacts our soul, impacts our spirit, uh, but also God has ways for heaven to come into our world relationally, and God has ways for heaven to come into our world with 
our career and the path of life and uh, discerning the giftings and the calling and the path that God wants us on. Uh, I believe God wants to bless families so that families are healthy and happy and holy and loving each other and loving life. And, and uh, I'm I'm. Thoroughly convinced to the core of my being that God wants to bless every person on this planet financially. And, and there's a lot of places where the will of God is not taking place in a lot of different ways. But I, just, well, I want us to center down not so much on past experience or somebody else's experience. I would like for us to all choose to go to the Bible as the starting point for how we're going to think about how we handle our finances. We all know that it's important the way we handle our finances. It, it, it matters. It matters a lot. It, it, can, it can buy you a home. It can buy you a car. Uh, it can buy you Bojangles. Uh, it, it, can, it can buy you Oreos. It, yeah, it, can, it can buy you a lot of good stuff. Um, and there's, there's really more than 2,300 verses in the Bible that reference the concept of money or possessions. And, um, and so the Bible has a lot to say about it because I think all of us would really stop and recognize there is a spiritual force that is behind finances. There is a spiritual component uh, about finances. Money can be a powerful tool for good things to happen. Money can get Christmas presents moved to all these kids we're going to be helping in this Christmas season. Money can help dig freshwater wells. Money can do a lot of great things for our life. But I mean, you know, money can also be used as a powerful tool for evil. And it really depends on whose hands it is in and how they understand the flow of it. You can master the use of money if you'll follow God's plan for money, or money can master you. <laughs> money can run your life. Money can make your life better. Amen. And money can also ruin your life. So I'm committed to this idea that there are significant spiritual principles that govern the proper use of finances, how to, how to get it, how to grow it, how to use it, and how to keep it from ruining our life. And so where I want to start, and, and this is very important, uh, I think, for us to understand how to dive into this. Where I want to start on this is I want to establish a starting point that's this, God is a God of abundance. And I want you to start there in the way that you think about finances. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, uh, I think this verse is going to go on my tombstone. God is able, I know it's going to come up in a minute, to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, imagine you had never read a Bible before. 
Imagine you had never been taught anything about the Bible, God's Word, and you'd never heard somebody else's ideas about how finances are to be handled, and you came across this verse. Put it back up again. You came across this verse as the starting point for how you would think about how God views finances and how he wants it to flow into and through your life. God is able. There's a part of me that just wants to tear this apart, like word by word, but I'm not going to do it today. But God's able to make all grace abound. You can live an abounding life so that always having all sufficiency in everything. I believe that covers pretty much all of it. You may have an abundance. Everybody say abundance. For every good deed. Now this verse is found in the context of a lot of verses that's given us instruction about how God would have us utilize finances. God is a God of abundance. God is a God who looks into this world and is looking for ways to bless the people that are serving him. He's looking to bless the people who are not serving him. And God is a God who loves to bless. He wants us blessed so that we can be a blessing. I believe God is committed to our spiritual, our emotional, and our financial health. He wants us to be robust. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to live for more than just ourselves. He wants, come on. He, he wants us to, to, to recognize that our lives are not just here to swallow up everything that life would give. And I, would, I will contend forever on this biblical idea that God wants your life to flourish, that God wants your life blessed, that God wants you to prosper. And I know some people don't like using the word prosper or prosperity, but it is a Bible word. Now, I, I'm going to qualify a little bit to help somebody who might be struggling with some of these ideas. I don't think God is interested in feeding our selfishness. I don't think God is interested in feeding our greed. But I do believe, just like I, as a father, wanted my children to be looked after well, God wants us, his children, to be looked after well. So I, we're trying to teach our kids to, to live a life that matters and to pour themselves into things that are beyond themselves, and we wanted them to be blessed, and we wanted them to have all the opportunities that we could possibly provide for them. But we're also trying to teach them, I don't want you to be selfish, think it's all about you. I don't want you to be greedy and just grab it all for yourself, but I do want you to be blessed. Involuntary poverty is a curse. 
voluntary generosity is a blessing. And I think, I, I really think this starting point is more important than some of us realize. Because I think until we can come to really trust God's desire for us to live abundant lives, there's always going to be a bit of a hold back. Every time we hear somebody talk about this, we're going to get defensive and guarded and you know, wonder, what are they after? Can I tell you something? God's not after anything from you. He's after everything for you. And I think we're always, no matter what arena, whether it's finances or uh, our sex life, I could talk about that. That would be just as fun as talking about money. Uh, it, whether it's how we raise our kids or how we grow our marriage and our family, whatever arena of life, I think we're always going to struggle with instruction that the Word of God gives us unless we are convinced that God, who is a God of abundance, is looking after ways to bless your life. All of his instructions are intended to lead you into life, abundant life. Here's what Jesus said, John 10.10. The thief, the devil, comes to steal from you, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus comes that you might have life, that you might have a life, and you might have it abundantly. I, I love this idea. Jesus came into the planet to give you a life that's characterized by abundance. A life of abundance. And abundance is a mentality. Abundance is, is, a, is a very different thing. I think a lot of people still approach their relationship with God and then conversely their relationship with life from not an abundance mentality, but a poverty mentality. They, they approach it from a scarcity mentality. They think there's very little, there's very little to flow, there's very little to come to me, and I better hang on to what I have. But a person who understands the, the abundance of God and buys in to the abundance of God, they are on a whole different place of thinking. You might not have been born the first time into abundance, but you've been born again into abundance. And, and I just, I want your thinking, I want your paradigm, I want your outlook, your, your, your scheme of how you look at life to be shaped by the Bible and that God desires for you and I to live with an abundance mentality. Abundance, it, it simply means that you realize there's more than just enough to keep you surviving. So I'm going for abundant peace so that I can let peace overflow. I'm going for abundant joy because you're a whole lot better to hang around with when you're happy than when you got a funky attitude. Now, probably nobody in this room has a funky attitude, but you know somebody who might have one. 
And I think, I think we could be filled with an abundance of love so that we are loving people who are not necessarily easy to love. Again, that could be you. So I think God, I think, I think we had to get this idea of, of an abundance, an abundance of strength. And I think this idea about having an abundance in mentality towards finances is, is going to revolutionize our life, revolutionize our thinking. An abundant life frees you to be a blessing to other people. You're, you're, not, you're not consumed by trying to survive. You're not consumed just trying to take care of yourself. So when you think in abundance, you hear about an opportunity to help kids have Christmas who some of them don't have their parents around. It's not even that their parents can't afford. Their parents aren't even there. And you could make it happen if you would start to consider the potential of abundance. If you're, let me just say this. If your mind immediately goes to, oh, I would love to do that, but I can't afford it, then that's why I'm talking to you today. Because there is a river that flows from the throne of God. And it will flow into your life if you just get your, your head and your heart in a place where you say, God, could you flow something greater through me than I could produce myself? I, I'm convinced that God wants to get financial resources in the hands of people who understand how he wants it to be used. Some people have this little mentality, God, all I want is just enough for me. Uh, I don't want to bother you with anything more than that. Just give me a cabin in the corner of glory. Yeah. Like God would be taxed by <laughs> providing a dwelling place that's way more than a cabin. But it's just this appeal. God, just squeak it out to me. Just give me the, just enough, just enough for me. Don't worry about giving me extra because what really matters is me. I think it's the most selfish way a person could choose to live. To allow life to be defined by their smallness rather than to allow their life to be defined by God's greatness. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Not the God who's barely enough, but the God who is more than enough. I don't think it's God that's limited, and I don't think it's God that is limiting us. God creates 
out of his nature. And we had to buy this idea that both the spiritual world created by God and the natural world created by God all have abundance built into them. I think when we start thinking scarcity, I think when we start thinking there's only enough just for me to survive, or even not even enough for me to survive, I believe we're closing ourselves off to the options that God could use. Because if, if we shut it down immediately, God is never going to be able to bring a great idea into the life of a person who's already shut down on the possibility of a great idea that could cause them to flourish. I think when we, when, we, when we have this scarcity mentality that there's only just a very little bit, we're closing off all the options that God could use to release his abundance into the earth. Many centuries ago, astronomers, not astrologers, but astronomers were trying to figure out a way to put a calendar together that would, that would be dependable and sustainable for the earth and, uh, and how we could measure seasons and, and know what to depend on. They knew there was some kind of order to it, but they couldn't figure it out at first because their thinking was the earth is the center of the solar system. But it wasn't until... I believe it was Galileo or maybe it's Copernicus that recognized and postured this idea. What if the earth is not the center of everything, but the sun is the center of everything? And we got to recognize that the earth rotates around the sun. When they had the wrong center, they couldn't develop the right kind of thinking. But when they got the right center all of a sudden, everything fell into place. Here's what I'm saying to you. If, you're, if the center of your thinking about finances is scarcity, you're never going to be able to develop what God has for your life. You're bound to live in a world of scarcity. You're bound to perpetuate a life of scarcity. Abundance is a mentality that impacts every arena of life. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundant, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. God's ability is impacted by the way that we think and the way that we act. God himself is not limited, but the way he can work in our world is limited. And I believe that the release of his ability, his abundance, is often confined to our thinking in our world. Now, I don't mean by this that, okay, let's, let's just say I'm going to ask God for a billion dollars. I'm not calling for that unless you really have the faith for it. I'm not talking for, about fantasy, but I am talking about some God-sized thinkers. I am talking about some God-sized believers. I, I literally believe that God wants to raise up people who understand all this that will utilize their resources to flow it into the advancement of the kingdom of God in the earth. 
You heard Jonathan Elizabeth talking a little bit earlier about diving in to, to, get, to going above and beyond. And we're going to have a chance as a church uh, December 9th. We have our Endeavor Christmas offering, which gives us a chance to make a huge difference in this earth, around the earth, around the globe, locally, that we are going to pour resources into advancing the kingdom of God. I just, I want to see our church full of God-sized thinkers, not just limited to yourself, but actually leaning into what God has for you. How big would you let yourself think? How big is your ask? With a K. I'm going to encourage all of us as we approach this that we would continue to enlarge our capacity. We would continue to take steps of faith in how God could get resource to us, but how God could get resource through us. I've put this stuff into practice for four decades. And, and, and I'm just saying to you, there is a way for you to live a, an ultra-generous life and, everybody say and, and to be blessed yourself. God is not necessarily interested in keeping you poor while everything flows through you. He's bigger than that. I'm going to say to you, abundance is looking for an opportunity to enter your life. Abundance is looking for a way to get into your world. And I want you to start looking for doors of opportunity, to be opportunity-minded. I think if we just stay focused on here's why abundance can't happen in my life, it never will. If you, it doesn't matter what arena of life, if you stay focused on everything that's wrong, if you stay focused on everything that's against you, eventually you shut yourself down. And so for the next few weeks, I just want to take some time and I, I want to unpack some ideas scripturally that have made an impact on, on my life that I believe can make an impact on your life. I'm, I'm committed to you flourishing as a human being. I'm committed to the kingdom of God advancing in the earth. And it's never an either or. It's always a both and. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want you to close your eyes. And Father, I am praying that the Holy Spirit will give us a revelation of the goodness of God, of the abundance of God, of the character of God, of the desire of God to pour great 
things into us and through us. I'm praying for every person in this room that may be struggling in this moment with their finances. You are going to unlock for them concepts, ideas, revelation thoughts that are going to cause their life to turn around in Jesus' name. I'm believing for you to do a fresh new work even in our entire church as we buy in to the bigness and the greatness and the goodness of our God. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to take a moment and pray. You know, there's some problems, there's some things that money can solve, but there's some things that money can never solve. And the state of your soul before God, state of your heart in terms of relationship with God, is the most important issue for every one of us. So while we're here for these last few moments together, maybe you've never surrendered to the love of Jesus and allowed it to envelop your life. Or maybe you had used to be close to the Lord, but you know you're not now. And you know it's time for you to come home. Or maybe you feel unsure about where you stand in your relationship with God. If you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Because I know I need to make a move towards the Lord. I know I need to open my heart towards God and Him moving in my life. Would you pray for me? I want you to lift your hand real high in this last few moments together. You just say, yes, I want to surrender to Jesus. Yes, thank you. Anybody else just want to say yes to the Lord? Anybody else want to surrender to the love of God? Yes, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Come on, this isn't a call for you to get it together. It's a call for you to embrace the love that God has for you and to embrace his lordship. Is there anybody else that would say, yeah, would you include me in that prayer? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, let's pray a prayer together. This is for everybody that lifted their hand, but I would like for us all just to join in and pray together as one big family. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, and I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I receive the love of Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on. Let's thank the Lord.